Hello and welcome to episode two of Me on the Road. It's Thursday, January 16th, 2020, and I am in Atlanta just for a couple days for a couple meetings. And sometimes it's really hard to actually schedule meetings in some way that makes sense. I end up having a lot of wasted time because you never know with a customer if there's going to be some other issue that they're having that they haven't told you over email or phone calls or maybe there's you know once you're there in person they're a lot more likely to talk about what's going on or anything so I have a meeting scheduled early today and I couldn't really get anything else uh, scheduled around it just due to travel time and everything. It wouldn't really make sense with uh, the times people are available. So it's always kind of weird to travel somewhere and then literally having one hour meeting, maybe two hours, I don't know how long it'll be, and then have nothing else to do for the rest of the day. Granted, there's always things that you're working on, but you like there's nowhere else to go. Since my role is a little different than our other engineers that travel, so uh, a little more background on what I do is deal. I deal with all of our largest customers across the country, which means I try to, you know, I have two places to go in Atlanta, but that's it. The other places are elsewhere in the country, so a lot of my weeks are spent hopping from city to city because that's the only way that I can really get multiple visits in in one week unless it's something like this where I can work out two places to go in the same city and I can just stay in that city for a couple days but as usual I can't book everything exactly back to back even if I'm in the same city so there's a lot of downtime which gives me an opportunity to really organize stuff on the computer and follow up with emails and other questions that people are asking. So I really enjoy the time that I have to just kind of be somewhere working. And it's really a trade-off between wanting to be in some type of environment where people are actively working and you can, you know, drop by someone's desk and ask a question really quickly compared to... So I, I, like, I like that environment. But what I also really like is just being on my own schedule to say, okay, I know what I need to get done. I know what needs to happen. So I'm just going to do that, and if someone needs me, they'll give me a call. So it looks like most of my afternoon is going to be set planning out more visits to this specific customer because they're a complaint customer across the country. So I will be visiting uh, more places, so I'll try and hopefully get some info on where where else I need to go and a lot of times we focus on um, the complaint locations because they're like, you know, everyone in our office who doesn't ever go out anywhere and talk to customers thinks, oh, well, you need to talk to the complaint people because they're the ones that are really going to tell you what's wrong with your product or they're going to be the ones that tell you what you need to do to fix it. However, you also need to look at places that are working well because there's an equal benefit to talking to people that have something working well with them. And a lot of times in my industry, in the commercial trucking industry, it's usually the people that are having good luck have a lot better maintenance practices than those that are having bad luck. 
infrequently is not the tire's problem, but is the actual vehicle's problem. So if you've ever heard the anecdote about uh, like World War One or World, yeah, I think it was World War One planes, you know, they would come back from a mission somewhere and they would have all these bullet holes. And the thought was, well, we need to reinforce where all these bullet holes are so they can withstand getting hit a lot better. And on the surface, that makes sense. You, you know, you see the bullet holes. That's obviously where they're getting hit. They need to reinforce those so it, it can be a little bit more robust. But in actuality, what you need to reinforce are the places without bullet holes. Because these are the planes that came back from the mission that have the bullet holes in them. Now, that means that the aircraft can withstand gunfire in that specific location pretty well and still fly back and land at base. But where there are zero bullet holes means that if a plane gets hit there, it's most likely going to crash and you're going to lose that plane and the pilot. So if you just look at the surface level of one thing and don't take a step back and really think about other things that might be affecting it, you're going to kind of pigeonhole yourself into fixing something that doesn't really need to be fixed. So that's what I do a lot of the times is I look into, okay, who's complaining about what? Where is it being complained? Is there anywhere that is having good luck with this product And what can I learn about how this person is having good luck with it? And like I said, typically it's places that have better maintenance practices. They have better standards that they hold their uh, maintenance and and vehicles to that inevitably ends up with them having better luck with with a product in itself. Then the question always becomes, okay, what is a realistic standard for maintenance or care or use for a certain product and that's kind of where it gets a little bit or it gets a little bit muddy because it's always up to the interpretation of someone Um, if you've been in an industry where it's a very old industry i.e trucking and you have a lot of people who have been in said industry for decades uh, you're gonna have a lot of people think that you know, oh, I never had to do this to this truck 30 years ago, and now I have to do all this stuff. But they're probably not actually remembering everything that they had to do. So now they complain that, you know, it takes a lot more care and maintenance to have something work properly than it did 30 years ago. But you're actually not remembering what it took 30 years ago at all. And you kind of have like this rose-colored glasses on, you know, what yesteryear is. So that's a lot of what I end up having to do is try and understand, okay, well, or what was the previous perception of your behavior and kind of where is it now? And, and usually there's some kind of middle ground that's roughly where they need, where they need to be uh, to get a decent, decent level of performance. But it's always, I mean, it's always that way where there's a, if you ever have someone, you know, or two people telling an event, there's going to be one side, there's going to be another side, and then reality is going to be somewhere in the middle. So you're going to have, you know, my side of, of, a, of a story with a customer and, and their side, 
are going to be on two different ends of the spectrum and the solution is going to be somewhere in the middle. And the important thing is being able to understand where that middle is and how to get to that middle so that they get the results they're hoping for and you get the results that you want as well. And it always helps that the first thing I tell people when I come to their location is that my goal is to make them happy and my goal is to make them buy fewer tires by keeping them on longer. So I relate to what they are looking for, you know, what they want. They want to spend less money on tires. They want the tires to last longer. So play into that, tell them what they want to hear, essentially, which is the truth. It's not a lie. And then kind of see where we can, what we can do, what constraints we have to get them into that solution path. Like I mentioned on Monday, I'm, I drove here to Atlanta, which should take about three and a half hours. It took about four this time because there's always an accident on the way. It's always near Greenville, South Carolina or Spartanburg, South Carolina. It's almost without fail. So that wasn't too fun last night to deal with, um, to deal with that traffic back up. But it was kind of nice to just be on my own schedule, be able to just sit in a car for a little bit, listen to some podcasts, make some phone calls and um, get to where I'm going and and then just be able to get after it today and tomorrow and then hang out with my brother and then head back to Charlotte sometime on, on Friday but not having an exact schedule. So I could I could have definitely flown to Atlanta and drove out to where I need to be, but it, it actually would have taken um, maybe even longer or just about the same amount of time. Uh, by the time you get uh, get your bag checked, get on the plane, fly, land, get your bag, get a car, and drive out to where I was going to. It might have been the same amount of time. So I was more than happy to just drive out here uh, on my own schedule. Although the weird thing is always when you're going into the airport. So we, I, I can't take a personal car because it's too much mileage for the the trip there they have a certain mileage limit that they'll pay for a personal car so i had to drive to the airport park my car get on the shuttle just like i'm going for a flight but then just go across the across the way to grab a rental car and it's always a little bit weird i was actually pretty happy with not um, going into the terminal because there's been a few times where i've had to go to the airport for something other than going on a flight and it's like you you just get in autopilot when you get there and immediately go where you're used to going. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. Thankfully that didn't happen. And I was able to get, get out with not much trouble. And now I'm here. So I'll end it there today. Nothing very exciting. Maybe after, after these visits and everything, I'll have, uh, some more insight on how customers are to deal with, but as of right now, nothing too bad. Nice little, fairly easy trip. I'll take it. That's all I got to say for now. Thanks for listening. Take care.